This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Space The final frontier These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise Its continuing mission To explore strange new worlds To seek out new life and new civilizations To boldly go where no one has gone before recording well 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 come to treks in the city <laughs> i'm alice wetterland <laughs> and i'm veronica osorio wow Are you? a rare a rare time where we introduce a rare ourselves time <laughs> it's a rare time you know like during this quarantine how's your core going my quartar, my quartar's going great. Um, I think I'm lit on social media now, but I'm not really sure. I just think I believe that I am. So, did um, you watch my latest TikTok? The one where you really worked hard on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't know what inspired you to do that specific one. I was obsessed with that video, man. It was really cool. With um with that the woman Cantonese names, yeah, yeah, I really like that lady, and uh, it's uh, I also just like, yeah, I love the idea that like David sounds like, what was the one that's a carrot, Robert Lobat? It's so funny. So um, where 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 did you get that uh video that audio from? Uh, were you gonna, on TikTok and then yeah, and then you can say use audio. Ooh. Um. My new idea is I want to do a TikTok with Rachel Maddow and whenever she has a guest on, because you slow it down halfway and it sounds like she's drunk. And then the best, it's great. Anybody, it works for any podcast. Just do everybody slows down to a half, half speed and they sound drunk. And it's really good when she has a guest on and she's like, we have somebody here from this CDC. Thank you for being with us tonight. And then whoever it is, like, yeah, so crazy. <laughs> it's like, it's cool. delicious. So I want to do that. Um, yeah, really creative. <laughs> Keeping creative, you know? I like my TikToks too, if, if you're wondering. No, I'm not. Uh, but we are absolutely 
Speaking of creativity, <laughs> excited to bring our guest, Tom Sharpling, into the mix. Hi. Welcome back, you? Tom Sharpling. Thanks for having me back. It's you so may nice. know him from The Price is Right. Yes, I was the guy that knew how much a boat cost. <laughs> the one, one time, one person knew. Yeah. Oh, that was so satisfying because people were like, boats? And then you came came aboard, as it were. I did. And then they can all come aboard the boat I won. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? Ron, I'm Tom, your screen says Ron. Yeah, I know. That was me being funny once. And okay. now... Now you're fucked. That's over. Kind of not sure how to get that off the thing. I have the same problem and with the same name. Because I am Ron, or Ronnie. Mm-hmm. And in my my phone Zoom, I'm I wrote Ronnie, and now everyone's like, "Who's Ronnie?" And I'm like, "Oh, I just need to try to change it, but I don't know how. I have sure. to." I changed mine. You're also you Ron. Can... You're an yeah. also Ron. I'm an also Ron. Yeah, right. You can you use also that. How do you Get change it? it? You just got to oh, participate. Renames. Yeah, renames right there. Anybody can do anything they want here. It's See free space. Now there I don't know. Go. Now I feel now really I, stupid because now it was, it's really dumb because it's Tom seconds, and also though. Ron. Yeah. Well, it's like your neighbors are here. So I was Tom trying to figure out Ron. what episode you watched before because you've been in the show before. The one I had watched for the first time I was on was one where some lady's kid got killed by a space thing, and then she was mad at everyone. If I remember it's really correctly. Broad. It's called and, Silicon Avatar. Oh, right. The um, she was the elder lady, and her yeah, her adult son. Right. Okay. Yes. I was thinking of a small child, but that's the uh, one with the the crystalline entity. That's this right. This is the while conducting a land survey on Melona Four, an away team encounters a powerful destructive force known as the crystalline entity. Riker, recognizing it, manages to shepherd the colonists into the shelter of a cave, but their air supply is limited, and contact with the Enterprise is cut off. Yeah. Well, in this episode, the hair supply is not limited. <laughs> the hair supply is uh, lush. Seems like these people are using a lot of Nutrafol. Yeah. There is a because surplus. It works, a, eh? It works. And uh, that leads us to our... I, 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 um, I'm trying to lead into the cold open way too soon. I can feel it. So let's... Slow our roll. We haven't done a thing where we don't talk about Star Trek for 45 minutes at the beginning of the episode. That's kind of the tradition of this show. I have so. a lot of tweets from, from a fan on Twitter, by the way. And I was really uh, kind of saddened by everything. He, like, he was talking about how the show is saving his life and he's so lonely. Mm -hmm. um, that's our, well, that's our fan base. I know, I know. And I was like, this is a perfect fandom for you to be, you know, involved in. So it's perfect. Um, Tom, but it made me, it made me sad because uh, he was saying that he's like a feminine man and mm -hmm. society casted him out. And I was just like. Well, he's better moved to the West Coast. Um, or the West Coast that. needs to move to him, you know? Oh my God, we have Tom, Ron, also Ron and Ronnie. I just realized our names are um, cascading. Oh, who but, changed my name? I don't know. You, you yeah, how, who changed it? mine? Oh. Mine says Tom, in, and in parentheses, <laughs> it says I Ron. Guess, 
I guess where our producers oh. are messing around with us. Somebody doesn't have enough tasks to do, apparently. It's if a you're cleaning, you could be cleaning. House. So the, uh, I wanted to ask you, though, Tom, because you've been on this in this game longer than Sam. we have. Um, maybe just slightly at this point because it feels like we've been doing this a thousand years. But uh, what do you get? Do you get like fans who tell you that um, the show is, has kept them alive? Killing themselves or whatever? Like, some people, you know, some people are dramatic like that. And yes, some people are it's very legitimately nice. depressed. But. Yeah, it's, it's very sweet that the shows we do can mean something to people. Yeah, and I feel that way too. Sometimes when you're a little frustrated or slightly not i don't want to say disinterested but you feel mm-hmm. overwhelmed and maybe you're you got a million things to take care of and then mm-hmm. you remember that people care about the show and it helps it helps remind me that there's people out there yeah and it, it's not the quality not the quantity a, yeah. you know it's the quality of the people that are out there i found that like though well, they're I, low I, quality people though they are low quality sure but they're not fans of me <laughs> I feel like the people that gravitate towards our podcast and people who respond to my like my special or whatever, like those people, I just are just I like them, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is really life affirming that the people that and sometimes they're depressed and they're like, thank you for having something that made me not kill myself. But that's not I'm it would be foolish of me to say that that that's not my kindred spirit, you know, the person who's kind of just like hanging on by a thread. I get that. Yeah. Welcome. You also can't take it to where you're, you're doing what you can. You're both doing what you can and you do it and it's not here. Whoever wants it and whatever it means, it means that to them, but you can't carry the burden of it. Yeah. And I don't think it's even meant that way. No, I don't think people don't mean it that way. They're, they're just trying to tell you that you're doing something that's important to them. It's nice. You're appreciated. Yes. Mm -hmm. For all your effort and your hours, but how, they don't see it like that, but it turns out that way. So how good. long did you wait for somebody to finally say, good job, right? All of my yeah. childhood. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> and now it's happening. Now it's happening. Every day I get some kind of like pat in the back. I don't know if it's encouraging. It's like, <laughs> if it's a good thing, but it's definitely mm-hmm. better than not having it. Yeah, sometimes you get a pat on the ass. You, know? mm-hmm. you got to accept all of it. That old boy podcast network. <laughs> you uh, are breaking the glass ceiling on the that <laughs> generations of podcast. Uh, like breaking the glass screen. Yes. Breaking. It? Yeah. So uh, how's your quarantine going? Oh, it's, it's all right. Okay. I'm uh, wa- watching. Uh, I watch like the starts of a lot of movies and then I'm just like, then I don't keep going. And then I'll, I'll watch like literally like 10 minutes of mm. something on the Criterion channel. Be like, ah, yes. French cinema. And then I'm just like, yeah. I'm going to go look at my phone now. Yeah. And then I'd stop after 10 minutes. And then the next day I'll start a new, be like, ah, raging bull by the, <laughs> The master Scorsese. I watch five minutes of that, then I look at my laptop and then forget to put it back on. Is it? Are you trying too hard to like watch some sort of like level of content, intellectually stimulating, and your brain is just like, I'm not into this. Oh, it's it's an it's a 
complete struggle and there's such a collision of dissonance within me of me trying to be improving myself mm-hmm. and then also feeling some really strong resistance to improving myself right now and just being like, mm-hmm. isn't it enough that you're just keeping the lights on, so to speak, that you don't have to suddenly become a new person? Amen. But Amen. then but then there's a part of me that I'm so torn because some people are like, well, you know, Shakespeare wrote King Lear in a... It's in so a, funny how much that's going around. Yeah. During the I don't quarantine. even believe I don't even believe that's true. No, I I nobody don't stopped to point out that King Lear sucks. Well, that's the exactly <laughs> thank you. And it's like, and then other people are like, it's okay to do nothing during this. And it's like, well, I disagree with both of those. I, but well, if we all wrote King Lear, then there'd be no. If everybody writes King Lear, nobody wrote King Lear. And then also we'd have to be dealing with a bunch of King Lears. Yeah. Well, imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. When this is all over, and people are going to come out with their dumb things they wrote, and it's trying to get everybody if, to be in them. I'm going to write a play called King Lear, L E E R, about like a really successful peeping tom. Anybody want to help? I like that. Um, he, yeah, I'll help he, you. The king of of all the peepers. He's like this crown. It's like a crown, a set of eyes, Just, and like a fence. Sure. That'd be great. You get the guy from Home Improvement to maybe, uh, <laughs> right? To First read at least read social for it. distancing play. He comes to your house. He performs on the other side of your fence. Yeah. And these are just some of the ideas that <laughs> looks like somebody else just did write there, King Lear. You know, and <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care for that Shakespeare nonsense because <laughs> a he was already in the mode. He was in the mode, right? And then also, like, he probably had servants and stuff. Like, he also didn't have to care for kids. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to, like, you know, he didn't have cats. Yeah, and the, ne- the it should say... You don't know if he didn't have cats. Well, he would have written about it, yeah. Oh, yeah, he would have been yeah. a different person. <laughs> yeah. You could say, it's like, Shakespeare wrote King Lear in, the, in a quarantine and pandemic or whatever. Yeah. And then you just... Then the next thing should be, are you... Are you William Shakespeare? If so, yeah. start writing your King Lear. If not, don't figure out what it don't, means. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, or maybe do it, maybe don't. Do whatever you want. But there should just be this qualifier in there. Because now you have these people who... Uh, quarantine, no quarantine. They're not making no King Lears. And... and no making no king lear and the attempt is some people should should just not try to king lear yeah yeah a lot of people should not try to king lear Mm. are you trying to king lear um you're but you're doing your same thing pretty much tom yeah i'm doing uh i do the best show every week and we uh, we kind of assemble it in a it used Post in post, work? I'll drive to people's uh, homes right. and throw this twenty-five foot cord out my car window, and right. they can plug a mic into it, and I talk to them from a socially distanced uh, uh, space, and I record right. them mo- on a mobile thing. I'm doing that. I'm doing a podcast with Julie Klausner that we had been working on for a while. That mm. when we were ready to finally launch it, all of this stuff started, and then it, now it. 
I can swear we were not we are not a last minute quarantine podcast. This was something that was in the works. And that's, that's awesome. That's called But can you prove it? Oh, I can. You go talk to the the fine folks at Forever Dog cuz that's where we're doing it. It's, really? Oh, yes. Forever Dog is just thriving and I yeah. love it. Yeah. Called Double Threat and we We're do all it. so rich. That's, that's why, the other thing. That's why now Brett is uh two cats in a coat, in a trench coat. Yeah. He just got a cat with a Carmen San Diego hat because on. Because the real Brett is just in in Maui mm-hmm. at his compound. Yep. We're all extremely rich is the point. Yeah. Uh, well, we uh, have you watched any Star Trek since we had you on the show? Um, I don't know. Maybe I saw something <laughs> here and there. I didn't watch a lot of it. <laughs> you I haven't li- watched any of it. Not really. I listened to your show. <laughs> talk about hey, it. Hey, all right. But that's Please better than that's me. better than actually watching these episodes is oh. listening to you both talk about it. Music to my ears. It Music truly is. It's so and uh well, so yeah, basically that's kind of the that's the that's the theme, right? We watch so you don't have to. Um but we encourage you to do so. And for this episode specifically, you did you did watch an episode of uh of Star Trek the Next Generation. Do you want to read the synopsis or shall I? I have it. Ready you have to go. it? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw to you, Veronica, and in five, four, and here's Veronica Osorio with the synopsis. Thank you so much. So the synopsis is looking good today, and we have. There's traffic on the synopsis. There's traffic, there's, there's traffic on the synopsis, so it's, it's a one-liner, actually. Uh, Data discovers a group of robots that he believes qualify as life form. Wow, that's real quick. One and done. It's like a, yep, it's no, also he discovers a group of robots. Yeah. (laughs) Like what? I'm watching the whole episode going like, where's this other group of robots that he discovers? (laughs) And when does he discover? It's very clear from the, from the outset that he did not discover them and somebody else invented them. She's, it's her, it's her life's work. It starts with that. There's no discovery in this episode. (laughs) I know. It's not like he didn't trip over one. (laughs) Yeah, he's... (laughs) He didn't, uh, yeah, it it came to him, literally, like, officially. If, yeah, you really, and also robots are essentially things you don't discover, because somebody has to make them. Uh, so the first, <laughs> the, the first clip oh, I pulled is- was the cold open that I did not expect to be 47 minutes long. It is the longest cold open I've ever seen. It is also the, yeah, it's like the shortest synopsis, longest cold open, because the next episode is very short. And yeah, it's never ending. So we can cut to that now. Um, and uh, I just, it explains pretty much everything. Here we go. Commander, is it your intention to continue to grow your beard? Actually, I, I'm not sure yet. Why, what? I was just asking. Seven card stud, one eye jacks are wild. Frankly, Jordy, I like the beard. Thank you, Commander. You know, I have always been a little suspicious of men in beards. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. It's as if they're trying to hide something. Hide? Don't be ridiculous. It's true. That's why I feel unhinged. An ancient and proud tradition. Mm. I'm like, what do you look like with no beard? 
I know, but after the razor was invented, I think beards became mostly a fashion statement. I'm not concerned with fashion. To a Klingon, a beard is a symbol of courage. Okay, so pause. Worf has like 2.5 courage. courage. I like to courage. point out that he goes, a beard is a symbol of courage, which is, am I mistaken? That's what fashion is, right? Like, anything you wear, if it's a symbol of something else, has to do with some sort of, right? Definition yeah, of fashion? So, am I crazy? Selecting, you're, you're making choices, and you yeah. want these choices are going to represent and convey certain things. Yeah. Yeah. And Wait, also, doesn't have a very. What's your what's your what's your point? Sorry, like um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all, she said men in beards. I never heard anybody say that. <laughs> I thought true. guys were guys with beards, not in. It makes it seem like they're men removable. In like, beard. Like, I don't. I have a thing. I don't trust men in beards. Can you get in, <laughs> can you get in this beard? Um, for for. Hop on into this beard. And oh, uh, let me just get in my beard and I'll head over. I mean, this is like straight up. This reminds me of the of the beginnings of episodes of Friends from season one when they would just open with them yep. sitting at the at Central Park and just like, or or sitting them with them watching like a dumb old television show and just talking about Gilligan's Island, and then the episode <laughs> yep. just starts with nothing, nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. You think this yeah. is like a writing style of the nineties or something? Yeah, I do. This it's, this feels like, like somebody saying, "I wish we had more fun stuff to do." <laughs> exactly. Like, that was like uh, that was like uh, probably Brett Brett Brent Spiner. Maybe there's like a filler uh, content that they needed because the rest of the episode didn't fill but it out. What? Why do they make a bet that's so high stakes and then don't ever? Yeah, that's true. What was the bet that they made? Oh, Crusher's right supposed to go scene? brunette if she loses. And then the guys are supposed to shave their beards. But I what's guess the Jordy bet? loses because then he... Poker. Well, poker. Oh, poker. <laughs> the game they're playing. You the know scene the, that we saw. The old thing from the 20th century that they <laughs> still are doing 400 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the like, ancient game. Like, what if we were playing a game from, like, the 1600s? Now? I know. I like, know. We're not. Well, people are still playing Go. Well, I'm doing tarot. Is tarot from the 1600s? Is that medieval? But you Is the 1600s tarot. medieval? Well, this wait. You've gotten way off all track. Of us you got, yeah, it's like... smart. <laughs> like, well, all three of us are just like. Wait, is that the tarot? series of questions the tarot, that have farther the tarot, and farther away. No, the tarot is a medieval card game. Okay. That's what it's it a, is. That's so why I'm just, asking if sure. the 1600s is medieval so that I can say yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to go with sure. I, I will go along with that also. As a, yeah. And I am playing a 1600, like a medieval well, game. Okay, well, some things are around, but when you sit down to have Sorry a, to prove you wrong. But when you sit down to, well, you can always pull an exception to things, but on the whole, we're not sitting down doing things from the 1600s for just a casual good time. Right. Yeah, well. but it's true. I think it's true what she says. I gotta side with V on this because it's it's like it's come back around in this way that like tarot is now very in vogue, and it was uh, originated in northern Italy during the 14th or 15th century. So we've got what is several... the 14th century? 1300s. Yeah, 
I'm going to say, yeah. <laughs> I got my readings. I done it. You've got your readings? Because you haven't got a reading yet from this, this one who sends you unsolicited charts. Okay. That are stressful. <laughs> one time. I don't know why you got so stressed. All your chart says is that you're supposed to react from your gut in order to embrace life. Your, stra- your best strategy in life is to respond. My, my, my chart says you should be rich. Ciao, baby. And if you're not rich, you're, what are you doing? <laughs> like, no, your chart, your chart is like you are meant, you, you are, the money and you are friends. My chart says, Get in your Ferrari and take it over to Club Med. And, it, and then it's like, and Be then you find Drake. the rest of your chart. And you're like, wait, <laughs> I don't have a Ferrari. I'm not a member of Club Med. It's like, ooh, weird. Ooh, don't know what you're doing what's, wrong. What's your chart, Tom? You're an Aquarius. I know this. I'm an Aquarius. And I've gotten a couple tarot readings uh, over the last couple of years. And the, do you like back. them? I, one was shockingly negative. And another one was very nice. Who did that to you? Who gave you negative stuff? I was walking down the street and I was oh. ordered some food and I was waiting for it to be ready. And I looked across the street. There was a tarot thing. I was like, I'll go get that done. And then the person's like, this person in your family's going to die. You're going to, they're going to die before you. That's good. And, and it was did just it like, became true? Did it become true? Well, hopefully not. I ho- certainly hope not. Oh, yeah, because it's like happen. ages ago that you got this, but it still could happen. Yeah, no, this was just, this was, this was uh, less than a year ago I got this reading. Oh, predicting everybody. that somebody's going to die is like, yeah. But they were I wouldn't even say to, it. They were trying to get me to come back for oh, repeat yeah, no, business, to lift some things. They got some bad energy. We can have that removed. And it, it felt like, it felt like when you, if you go to like a chiropractor and then they're just like, well, why don't you buy these magnets and we can sell you this weird magnet belt that'll help your back and like and you're just like oh you're just selling me things (laughs) like that sucks so hard i hate it it's so yucky my my chiropractor always tries to sell me wigs is that weird (laughs) that's very weird um (laughs) that's very weird so i would love for my chiropractor to try to sell me wigs. uh jose hates our chiropractor sorry your husband, Jose, hates your chiropractor? Yeah. you share one? Yeah, I recommended it to him, and he was like, I hate her. <laughs> and I was like, it's so weird that he hates, like, someone. But this sounds like an episode of a 90s sitcom. Like, this yeah. could have been the opening of this, this episode. Opening. Somebody talking about how their spouse hates their chiropractor. <laughs> like, that's sorry. an episode of Friends. <laughs> it's, it's pretty Seinfeld, honestly. Yeah. It is. It truly is. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Um, so, so let's get into this because, um, yeah, so when 
I hadn't watched this episode in a long time. Okay. Uh, and based on, like, when Jordy gets off uh, the transporter room, like, he's with this woman, and they fix this thing, and they, they're in the transporter room, and she immediately dorks out about Data. Right. I have that scene. And Jordy's so annoyed. I was like, oh, this is going to be a juicy Jordy love story. I think that's 524, I mm-hmm. think. I think so, too. Ah, uh, because it's the longest intro, so it's, that's like towards the yeah, end. Yeah, it's still part of the cold open. Yeah, it is. opportunity <laughs> uh, to show you what I had in mind. What is this? This is an exocomp. The experiment I was telling you about. That's so funny that they're like talking louder just because they're like yeah. moving around. That's There's what I do when I do lives. Uh-oh. So if adorable. We'll still have time to shut down the fountain. Enterprise to LaForge. What is your situation? Unchanged for the moment, but we're working on it. Listen, if this thing doesn't work soon. We're gonna have to shut this thing down, all right? Also, what's with your forehead makeup? The confinement field is at full strength. Particle flux steady. All power levels are back to normal. Commander LaForge, please report. We're fine, Data. The power grid is fully restored. I love this little guy. Seems to have been repaired, and operations over here at the station are all back to normal. How are you able to accomplish the repair (laughs) so quickly? It was me. You know. He like is waving with his little adorable. I'm not exactly sure. It's like Rampleu's cousin. It's Rampleu's cousin. So. Fucking, um, this wasn't the scene you were talking about. I'm sorry, it was a little bit earlier. Still part of the it's after the this lady is, um, a scientist who is working on a fee a particle fountain, and the particle fountain is a mining instrument. Um, but her major accomplishment is she's made these little robots that, uh, are task task oriented bots that complete things, which. To me, is like, yeah, why don't these already exist? Like, they already exist now. <laughs> like, this is all, this is what's already ruined manu- manufacturing. This was Andrew Yang's entire platform, <laughs> is Exo-comps. the exocomps. <laughs> and, and they're, like, brand new in the mm-hmm. 24th century. But, uh, so sometimes Star Trek didn't get it right. But they're also super cute. Yeah, they kind of look like... Roomba's a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little bit R two D two. It's a Roomba. It's a Roomba uh, droid. Yeah, drone. It's got little tiny. It's a Roomba drone. It's a drone. It's it flies around. It's got tiny little feet. Um and uh, he's like, and this lady who whatever species she is, um, it's her (laughs) eyeliner forehead seems to be her species (laughs) because the makeup on her forehead is really bad. It's like. Some of the worst alien makeup. It looks like it was done in ten minutes. It really was. Also, um, the the that woman is a really good actress at, at like smug little smiles. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. just like she had never been right. on the show before. Is this a brand new character? It's a brand this new character. Doctor, yeah. Okay. Because that's yeah, what yeah. I wasn't sure about. Because no, Doctor Falage, Doctor. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, Falone. Doctor, Doctor Jimmy Fallon. 
<laughs> so uh, the next scene is when um, I when they had the conversation where she's like nerding out with um, with Jordy in the transporter because she's come aboard the Enterprise to show the exocomps to Captain Picard. Wait, and- Tom. So what do you feel about this episode compared to the one you watched before? At first, I thought that it was going to be a replay of the episode that I had seen where some lady showed up and was just wrong the whole time mm-hmm. and uh-huh. was just like, you dumb lady, <laughs> you're <laughs> wrong. And we're going to all tell you how you're wrong. Oh no. And Imagine then, getting two of those. But then when she was more nuanced as it went on, I was like, oh, well maybe she's not a brand new character. That's what made me think because they, she just didn't have, it didn't seem like her role was as one dimensional as it right. seemingly was. I thought it was going to be. I think we just. I so think we're, we're relieved a, a little ahead bit. of yes. the. I think this is a symptom of having moved forward in this in the series because they're getting the the hang of it now. Like, don't bring on on board scientists that are stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and just treat them like garbage. They finally got it after like the fourth year of their five year mission. No, they're not in a five year mission. I'm curious how you were able to repair the power grid so quickly. This should make it clear, Commander. Why don't we set it up in engineering? Is it true that your computational speed is limited only by the physical separation of your positronic links? Actually, that is no longer the case. It's like, why are you blowing sequencer to asynchronous operation, <laughs> on my stake? Which removed the performance constraint. Doctor, this way, please. I, I see, but how did you resolve the signal fragmentation? <gasps> Directed by the Jonathan Frakes. The sequencer is now bidirectional. It compensates for the asynchronous mode distortion arising from the resonant field. Yes, and that's fascinating. The exocomp. Like, and I gotta carry this shit while they flirt in front of me. <laughs> the exocomp looks slightly more like a like swimming like pool pump, like a swimming pool <laughs> pump, not like a Roomba. I like it's it's yeah, bigger. Yeah, that's right. It's about the yes. It's about the, it's about the yes. length, the the, the width <laughs> of a. But it's taller, and it looks like it would just be for, like, an above-ground swimming pool pump <laughs> that you'd, like, rent and just be like, the pool's gross. Nobody it, did anything with it for <laughs> two years. Go get a pump maybe, pump. maybe that's what she made it out of, you know? Yeah. She looks like an above-ground pool type of woman, you know? She definitely has an she, a, yeah, she her makeup is giving off a very above ground pool <laughs> kind of makeup. And it looks like they ran out of makeup for uh data. Looks like he was oh he like was pretty light covering on that yes. scene there. It was like almost you, normal skin tone. And also I think he had different contact lenses. I'm not yeah, really they sure about a little different to me. Maybe they're kind of moving in a direction that's more cuz like it's Let's not see. ideal to have him be slathered in like super cakey makeup it's better mm-hmm. to have it be like more human looking i think for the at least to like match what the idea dr soon had i think it's like a pearly dude have you by the way watched any of the modern the new star trek stuff that's on cbs all access no Such as picard i haven't watched picard i'm i'm kind of saving it for us i think well is that bad should i just no do it i'll watch it again for you Okay. And the only reason I brought it up was because they have data's like they have more AI characters based on Dr. Soong's models, original models, and they have the same pearly skin and yellow eyes. Hit that link, baby. Oh. I'm chatting you a link. Well, I'm chatting everyone a link. 
Uh, it's just Riker uh, chilling between takes. Wow. Frick's, uh okay. directing. It's cute. That's great. I know. He's hot. That's a good one. <laughs> he's, he's I hot. never agree with you. And then every once in a while I see it. Thank you. Um, I thank you for seeing it occasionally. So, uh, <laughs> so the exocomps are um, being brought aboard the ship to demonstrate. And she, she really wants Can I tell you a to- fun fact? Sorry. Yeah. Please. LeVar Burton was allowed to regrow his beard for this episode since he needed it for his wedding. Needed it? Oh, my God. It's cute. It's, however, this time, it would not just appear and then disappear again as it did in the outcast, but it was included into the episode as well as the previous installment. Do you think he, since Frakes directed this one, asked him for that scene at the top of the thing to justify his wedding that he appealed to a fellow cast member? A fellow beard, a beard yeah, a fellow guy in beard. <laughs> it was sort of a man in beard. A beard I can sport, see a sporter. You're a man in beard. You understand, right? Yeah. Beardo to beardo. <laughs> beardo beard. Yeah, tell me. We're beardos. A couple of beardos here. We have more in common than we don't. Okay, beard. Troy seeing uh, wearing a new hairstyle, still long and curly. The hair is now off her face and taken back without the use of a headband. The hairstyle is worn for the rest of the season. So Troy has two major changes in two episodes back to back. Because then in the next episode, she stops wearing her cleavage for the first time. She starts wearing a normal uniform in the next the- episode, Tom, which we already watched. Okay. Which also, I said in the next episode, I said like they never go above a number four, and then this one was like. Uh, the planet's name. You know the planets? They're always yeah, like... Yeah, it was like Metcon hey, 3. Yeah. Nerfcon. Yeah. They never <laughs> go above, above 5. A lot of Zs and numbers. Yeah. Yes. 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 Like, yes. Uh, like a Grimes' thingy, chi- child. Like Grimes' <laughs> baby name. Exactly. So uh, let me look at the next okay, clip because I don't remember. I didn't label exactly. That's the one problem with me not working hard is that I don't label the clips very well. Um, There's no real background information on this episode. This is like the first one I've seen that has very, very little. Well, at this point in the episode, you're kind of wondering like, is, are the, so what are these robots going to do, right? Because the, the episode's not going to be about a bunch of robots that are just great and helpful. They're just, it's going to be either the robots are bad, they're going to take over, which is what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Or, you know, some other anomaly. Assessor. Let me see if I can override it. So something goes wrong with... <laughs> Doctor? I'm all right. The control pad just overloaded. Pad. What's the matter with this thing? Pad. It's a great scene for this extra. Okay, yeah. Here we go. Look at him. Here Bye. we go. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. They, like, put a, uh, an extra in full makeup just to, like... <laughs> Go pick up this thing. Really undramatically. Like, he has no concern on his face at all. You he picture, goes through this, like, cloud of smoke. Before Go they ahead. start, Frakes has to come out and be like, all right, this next shot is going to have an explosion and some smoke, and everybody just needs to be aware of the safety precautions yeah. for this next scene. Like, you just picture him doing the safety on set, like Jonathan Frakes. All right, everybody. There's <laughs> yeah. going to be some rubble is going to fly out of that portal and some smoke and it's some noise i just want everybody to be aware there will be ex- uh, there will be explosives on the set if you feel unsafe at any time n- no shame in that <laughs> just yeah. like like really not that big of a deal 
Um, except for the extra. He's just like, someone tell this guy what to do. He's like, in, in fa- Riker's like, in fact, don't act at all. It's too dangerous. You just grab the exa. <laughs> what is it? Very nonchalantly. The exocomp. 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 Like, as I say it, I forget the third syllable. <laughs> I, I know exo, and then I'm just like, con. Just, okay, comp. Exocomp is the most like cheesy 90s 80s name for a robot it sounds like it's like perfectly a slice of the 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 epoch you know and the way she talks about it all the time she's like in conversation and she'll be like that's why i want to use the exocomp (laughs) like she has working on this for so long it feels like she should have a nickname for it or something you know but she's Mm -hmm. just like Exy. It's like a, it's like a, it's like she just thought of the name last week. And so she's just really trying to make it happen. Just speaking yep. with, to her husband in bed, like, I'm just worried about this exocomp. Cause <laughs> the thing about the exocomp is that <laughs> just like the saying toothbrush it. looks like an exocomp. I wonder if it'd work on my exocomp. He's like it's three syllables, man. Just like, can we have something. one night where we don't talk about exocomps? <laughs> Exocomp. You're saying exocomp. It's exocomp. Yeah. He's like Robert. That's what I'm talking about, and that's what I'm talking about. I would say I'm just gonna. I would pay for the scene. I'm gonna sleep in the lab with the exocomps. Ugh. Fine. You know what? Good. You know they told us not. They said we shouldn't leave. We should stay and talk about these things. But if you want to go with your exocomps. Just go. Do you do you think that there are toys of like did they make dumb dolls of exocomp? You know, the, like the way they squeeze everything out of everything. That would be like the true test if there's any merch of an exocomp. Sam, can you Google Someone the exocomp somewhere. toys? See if that happened. I mean, I doubt that during the time of the syndication or prior when they first aired, they made the toys. But since Star Trek fandom is what it is, somebody made an exocomp. Since then, yeah. That feels like one that would be like a Comic-Con exclusive. Yeah. Some like people lined and up in a And I wonder what panic. it does. Yeah, it just sits there. Or is it like a an air circulator? Yeah, that'd be good if Dyson. Dyson could make a Here we go, sweet. baby. Look Dyson. at all these exocomps. Right? If That's... Dyson made an exocomp. It looks look like it. Dyson did. Ooh, I would love for my vacuum uh, cleaner to look like an exocomp. Yeah, it's cute. It's not very wieldy. I just don't understand why people don't make uh, electrodomestics look more like this. You know? Oh, he made one so out of cool. Yeah. It'd be a good. Look it's at like this a little... one. There's a toy. It's a... Yeah. It's... It's so cute. Yeah. This actually gets me. Like, I would see a doll of anything tiny and uh, not care. But this specific one is is hitting me in a a place of my I look at it. Yeah. This this concept for an episode, by the way, I don't know how you feel about this, guys. But, like, I get stressed out by anthropomorphizing and, like, giving sentience to everyday objects really bothers me because I'm already I already feel guilty about like squirrels you know like not like I get torn apart if like oh a mouse was separated from his family like you know I just so if it's like now that the objects in my life have sentience it's like what if my vacuum cleaner like I'm like oh how you feeling then I'm, I'm just like okay I can't 
it's not well, moving. Yeah. It's in the corner, and you're just projecting. You're like, what? Are you okay? Yeah. Are you sad? Why yeah. are you sad? And then it's like, yeah. like the why. When you ask why, that's when you lose control of it. <laughs> because yeah. it, it never said it was sad, but now you're off to the <laughs> yeah, races yeah, yeah. trying to fix but its no, it sadness. Is sad. Like, and you want to know what can I do? What's behind it? <laughs> you want to vacuum a little bit? Does that make you happy? Oh, look, you're happy now. Let's do it. Yes, realize. that's what I'm like. That's a day in the life over here. Okay. I actually can see it because CL is doing that. We need um, to make quarantine. I had this boyfriend. I think what you're describing is quarantine day eighty. I'm you know? already like this though. My boyfriend, my ex boyfriend, used to talk to his plants, and it would get I to the point where he'd talk to, he'd be like. Oh, like something. I, he was so like, he'd be like, "Look at this little guy. Look at this." That's what I do. Oh, his little his little nozzle's broken. And I would just That's be like, me. "Would you stop referring to the objects?" What what X? What X? Put it in the chat. Uh, well, I don't have to. It's like fourteen years ago. So. Oh. Um. Um, so that's, that's what I do. I, I have a tree and the day my, my brother just had a baby and I'm so like in shock and, and in love. Um, and, but she's in Belgium. So they had the baby during the quarantine, like a month ago. Uh, and I was so stressed and finally the baby was born and I was so relieved, but I was crying so much cause I didn't have her. And then my tree who's never given me like any flowers just suddenly had like a big flower and I was like thank you and I held <laughs> I hugged my tree for so long I was just like I think I felt the spirit of the plant it was it became a new level of anthropomorphization sure. that's and just you, like you're in the lead though you're you're beating you said your brother my brother because You've got a tree with a flower. Your brother's got a kid. You can ignore that tree, and then mm -hmm. it'll give you a flower every once in a while now. Your brother's on the hook for this kid for who knows how long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the easy one. I'm like, yeah. this is my daughter, that, that, uh, my effortless daughter. Yes. To me, I'm just like the most genetic content of mine, zero of my monies and effort. I know. Well, we've been recording quarantine episodes because... God, what is this, week seven of recording quarantine like episodes? Eight. So it hasn't been the first, I'll say that. But um, the next clip is a trope okay, let's do it. that I love from this show. Here you are. I thought you'd be hard at work by now. Ten forward. I wanted a quiet cup of tea before I went back. Gathering strength, I guess. Well, I've come to tell you that I've assigned two engineering teams to work on the particle fountain. Thank you, Commander. I'm grateful. You know, I really want you to know that I do admire the work that you've done. And I'm sorry that the exocomps aren't working out. You were right. I'm trying to move too the fast. Exit. I guess I lack that conservative streak most scientists have. I always seem to be out there on the edge, taking chances. You know, I'll bet you were the kind of okay. little girl who was always climbing one branch high. We don't need to say the rest of this, but like, <laughs> this is a Star Trek trope. It's like, they have scientists on this show over and over and over again where the scientists are like, I guess I'm just a crazy renegade scientist that's constantly <laughs> taking risks. And it's like, no, like that's not how scientists are ever. Scientists are always 
like by the rules by the book. That's like the essence of being a scientist. But on this show, for some reason, every scientist they have is a mad scientist. It's always yeah. Everybody's a renegade. It's a crazy like you know. Well, so it's a, like they're in a science vessel, basically. Because uh, if yeah. you would say you were the kid who climbed up the tree, and you'd be like, "No, as a kid who was inside working on science stuff." Yeah. Like, because yeah. I was. Yeah. Uh, I'm a kid that's gonna go and make an exo comp. <laughs> what kid? <laughs> I know any kid that's out there climbing the highest tree is never. That's not the science kid. No. Never the science kid. Well, okay. Some people are here's. I, I can already see the letters from the parents. I can already hear the le- my my girl is very good at climbing trees and science. Okay, wait, 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 wait. But the point is, we've got a a narrow focus when you're writing a character, especially a guest character for a TV show. And if you're going to have a job that's scientists, like I would just love. We've had like I can count on one hand the amount of scientists that have come aboard this ship that are not like weird, risk-taking, obsessive, compulsive people. <laughs> it's just, like, so frustrating. Like, the guy who wants to take take data apart oh my and, God. like, examine him because he's a weirdo. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, this, that is referenced in this video when... Yes, it is. When it is. data... Yeah. Yeah. Next uh, next clip, please. Data, data says that data. Picard defended him when someone... Put him on trial. Which I to leave. See. So this is where Data has started to suspect that uh, the exocomps might be for real alive. I love that Beverly Crusher. This is, by the way, like yeah. uh, Tom. Did you ever watch uh, Deep Space Nine? A little bit. I watched a okay. little bit of the ones like the the Deep Space Nine and the um, Voyager. 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 That would be Star Trek Voyager. Voyager. <laughs> That's like get your that's, that's, like, yeah. that's my King Lear, yeah. yeah. Or maybe Star it's like Trek a voyeur would be like, the greatest thing. That's I've like ever Cantina, seen. you know? Would it be just guys in spacesuits like hanging on to the outside of ships? <laughs> it would just be yeah, it's yeah. like space just... space walking into like whatever spaceship is around. Just to, hovering like, in the hallways. <laughs> hovering to snoop. Just. It's the last person out of ten forward. Yeah, dudes pretending to be robots. <laughs> like, I am a robot. I am not interested in watching you change. I can. And it's be like, in you're your not bedroom. a robot. Yes, I was oh, built by the the, doc, Doctor Pool. Built me. It's like Doctor Pool. Who's that? <laughs> oh, it's something like Pool. Uh, I can't remember. Wait, so long. You're a robot. Why can't you remember? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but are you going to take your shirt off or what? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> like, robot. Like, well, the guy loses his cool. Steve. Man, that, that one robot is a real creep. It's not On a the robot. Next. Star, yeah, Star Trek that, voyeur. That's Gary. <laughs> so stupid. All right. I really love it. I really need this. I don't put know what on, to do. Put that on CBS All so Access. This is- all yes. access, am I right? It's weird because CBS, like the show I was on on CBS All Access, is about sex magic, and then there's Star Trek. <laughs> hey, Tom, I do take it. I take it personally when you don't laugh into the mic because I know you're laughing, and I oh, need the it, audience well, to know. Here's the thing: that I'll say that well. though. Does it look like I'm in the that's, bridge? That's years of me doing my show. I, I didn't know. Laugh into the mic, and now I've got this bad habit where not only do I not laugh into a microphone, I don't laugh. You know what, Tom? We're just gonna fix it in post. This is what I do. A a Jamiroquai video. Let me. All I do is just go. That's very funny. 
<laughs> like that's that's kind of where me. that's me laughing now is me just going. That was really funny. Well, I get I get that. I think that's a comedian thing because I do that as a comedian. I'll go to shows and I can't always get you know. Um, I I have I have laughter impotence, but I will go ha as a way of saying I it's appreciate a howl. what you're doing sure. there. Yeah. But when you get busted on that, where people are like, like, yeah. hey, I hear your weird your weird performative laugh. That's worse now because then I then you're like no, they think I, you're not. You're a weird nod. Or I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. You work on it because it's... Ah! Okay. (laughs) It's it's fucking weird. It's weird. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, do another one. We're just just going to get a run of them so we can You'll get it when it's funny. When it's funny, you you pick it. Look, you're going to say something funny, so I'll give you... Fuck. Now the pressure's on. All right, go back to the one, Ellie. No, that's that's not real. Want to go back to the way it was? Right? (laughs) <laughs> okay back to the clip this i laugh what, i generally laugh so she's, hard I'm she's like defining a what life is he asked her what is the definition of life only the biggest question that we haven't been able to solve <laughs> and also she a little tried. late in the game for him to bring up something <laughs> like this isn't it yeah a yeah, little yeah. like season oh. six yeah. Wait, before you hit play, what I was going to say about this outfit with uh, Dr. Crusher is that it reminds me of Jadzia Dax, how she, I think this is like preamble to mm. when Dax plays rough with Worf in DS9. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like this pretty elegant lady who yeah. likes like roughing it up with the Klingons. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the first time I've seen this, but then it's like a theme in DS9. Animals to consume food, derive energy from it, grow adapt themselves to their surroundings, and reproduce. And you suggest that anything that exhibits these characteristics is considered alive? In general, yes. What about fire? Fire? Yes. It consumes fuel to produce energy. It grows. It creates offspring. By your definition, is it alive? Fire is a chemical reaction. You could use the same argument for growing crystals, but obviously we don't consider them alive. And what about me? I do not grow. I do not reproduce, yet I am considered to be alive. That's true. But you, you can pretend you to reproduce. Huh. True. I wonder if that is so. Data, if I may ask, have a seat. That head of hair it's is not, definitely it's not growing. a question. What right? exactly? <laughs> yeah. His hair is bigger than yeah. ever now. He's also aging. I'm curious. Look at watch the pilot right after this. Between the moment when I was nothing more than an assemblage of parts in Dr. Sung's laboratory, and the next moment. When I became alive, what is it that endowed me with life? I remember Wesley asking me a similar question when he was little, and I tried desperately to give him an answer. The blinds are Everything open. I said sounded inadequate. First time. Then I realized Look, that scientists and philosophers have been grappling with that question for centuries without coming to any conclusion. Are you saying the question cannot be answered? No. I think I'm saying that we struggle all our lives to answer it. That it's the struggle that is important. That's what helps us to define our place in the universe. I believe I understand, Doctor. I don't think I've been very much help to you. On the contrary. You have been a great deal of help. Thank you. Has she? I love this, like, uh, crusher, blinds open, weird uniform deal. It's kind of like, like you can tell she's really comfortable because she's got the leg way up. That's what mm-hmm. I do. You know, like, that's 
She's like, tell me. Tell She's me, like, this you. is the first time I've been able to do this mm-hmm. in this show. Do you feel like D- Data like slows down because he's a he's a robot and he's probably processing these things so quickly? But does he slow down to replicate human things where he has to go? Hmm, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Like he know like the computer part of him is like like he already knew that that made a lot of sense. It took it took a millisecond to get to that. But he goes, hmm, that makes well, a lot of sense. Is that just I so humans can relate? Maybe. And also, because he's trying to be more human. Children? I think what he might be doing is... So children can relate? So he, he's, there's episodes where he's doing, like, he's playing three or four songs at the same time in his head. Like, he maybe what he's doing is he's, like, at the same time as he's listening to Bar- Dar- Beverly Crusher, he's also, like... um doing a 3D printing project and engineering and also composing a song and writing a poem. He truly yeah. might be. Yeah. Cause that, and that helps slow the process down. It must be like having like ADD or something. It's like, that's me. You know, that's what I'm just, doing. I'm currently on the wiki yeah. and doing Tom's uh, astral chart. Yeah. Okay. Well, we knew it was coming. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I have the to. next, what's the next clip? Is that laugh better? <laughs> that's, <laughs> That's, That's sinister. Weird. You just got the part of King Lear. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, so this is after Data has accused Jacques. Jacques. He's become concerned that the exocomps are alive. And uh and they have to have a staff meeting about it. Your staff in order to discuss Commander Data's theory that the exocomps are alive. Dr. Jimmy Fallon. Captain, I object to being called here. I'm wasting time. <laughs> so annoyed. Elsewhere. Doctor, I appreciate your time constraints. <laughs> but I wish he just walked in like, whatever it's basically the principal mission of this vessel. Please. Now, Mr. Data, will you tell us what makes you think that the exocomps are alive? Sir, when the Exocom left the access tunnel prior to the explosion, it may have been attempting to save itself explosion. from destruction. Do you have any basis for that conclusion? Yes. When you conclusion. attempted to override the Exocom and send it He's back so to the calm. tunnel, it responded by deliberately burning out its control interface. Deliberately? The computer diagnostics showed that the Exocom disabled its own interface. That could have been nothing more than a malfunction. However, two hours later, when it was back aboard the Enterprise and no longer in danger, it repaired itself. I believe the exocomp was protecting itself. And if that is true, it has demonstrated an awareness of its environment and an ability to adapt to that environment. You're anthropomorphizing these units. Like any mechanical devices, they occasionally malfunction. One time I saw an exocomp like, enter a reaction okay. chamber for no apparent reason and vaporize itself. Is that supposed to make me think it was depressed and suicidal? Doctor, why is it so difficult for you to accept the fact that the exocomp could be alive? After all, you're talking to a living machine right now. And I have nothing but the utmost respect and admiration for Dr. Sung's accomplishment. Uh, my name is Zeta. his intention was to create Super an artificial life form. Insulting. I created the exocomps to be tools. And there is a big difference between data and a tool. Doctor, uh, there is sometimes. a big difference between you and a virus. But both are alive. Burnt. Nice. If the possibility exists, no matter how slight, well, that the chair is like falling apart. Life forms, then we must examine that possibility. Thank you, sir. And until we have a definitive answer, 
I believe it would be inappropriate to exploit the exocomps' laborers. Captain, that's absurd. If they are intelligent life forms, we have no right to force them to work for us. That's like me telling you not to use your tricorder. Tricorders aren't alive. Neither are exocomps. They do like 20 examples so that she understands. (laughs) They're like... We have to proceed very carefully. So the first task is to test Mr. Data's It's like the same as this chair. Data, you're claiming that this exocomp no, may be alive because it demonstrated not. survival instincts, right? That's yes. why he looks so then hot, because he's like about to get married. and threaten its survival again and see what happens? In his sauce. So they do this... Um, Make it so. They do this, like, experiment where they do a simulated, like... Problem. Jeffrey's tube problem. right behind you they do it actually yeah it's, it's around that section yeah it's right in here <laughs> yeah and they there's like and the they send the exocomp in and the exocomp doesn't get out like it's like basically like oh it's gonna realize that the Jeffrey's tube is about to explode so it'll if but it thinks it, it's gonna die it'll come out it started it thinking it was going to die and it starts going, getting like going away and then suddenly it goes, oh, one moment. And then it goes back and goes, <laughs> <laughs> it goes, hold up. Wait, wait, hold up. Don't make sense. <laughs> but what the fuck is it? it? What if it was really sassy? Oh, but what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but hold up. It, but hold up, it all makes sense. Nah, but hold up here. And then no, it, it goes, doesn't. It's cute. It it figures out, and I this is like, I, I felt that this was really obvious. Like it figures out that it's a simulation because it's a robot, right? Like doesn't yeah. that seem? It's not that much of a leap for this thing to just pay attention to what's getting talked about, right? And also, this robot suddenly it's like this exocomp is like that. Now we're going to do this thing, and they're like, oh, the exocomp doesn't know that it's a simulation. Even though they know that the exocomp is capable of, like, creating, I don't know, yes. like, just, it knows the system that they're testing more than they do. They, yeah. He knows it immediately. Look this at my exocomp's exocomp. playing 3D chess, That's while everybody else is playing checkers. Exactly. The exocomp is playing 3D poker. Yes. Like, um, the, 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 this, this exocomp in, inventor, her, her species, Jimmy Fallon's, the Jimmy Fallon's, her, her species, Felonia 4. Felonia, they have four rows of angry arched eyebrows. <laughs> it's like, it's like just in case you missed how irked they look at all times. Like, it just keeps going up her forehead. It's just like these quadruple like, backup, just in just case. Just angry eyebrows <laughs> that get smaller and smaller and like work their way into her hairline. That's but like the top they... of her hair seems mad. <laughs> Have you ever seen like someone get mad to you from here down? She's got rela- resting Fallon face, Felonia face. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to work with her. Oh, she's just from Felonia. Don't worry. She mad just, at me. They always look like that. Is she I mad think at she's me? mad at me. She's she's mad at me, right? <laughs> no, they just they have angry eyebrows. <laughs> no, but I mean, look at she's so mad. <laughs> I know, she made I know, this I know. face. No, no, she can't not make face. That is her face. It, her hair is mad. <laughs> her hair is really mad at me. 
They're hair mad at me. Um, so let's go to the wait, let me see what the last clip is because there's a clip after um there's a clip where data like oh so I pulled a clip where data disarms the computer. He's like, Oh, I took that shit offline. <laughs> like mm-hmm. basically what happens is they go it down subordinates. to and while all this is going on, by the way, there is the testing of the mining equipment, the the particle fountain that that Starfleet is going to consider whether or not they want to use it. And like everything is going wrong with this thing, like all the time. It's malfunctioning constantly and it's malfunctioning lethally. Like it's always about to destroy everything. So like, I don't know why after the first time they weren't like, no, it doesn't seem good. But for some reason they all beam down to the surface to like test the particle fountain thing, or they beam to the particle fountain. And so Picard gets trapped over there and uh, Data is like arguing with people about whether or not to use the exocomps to save them. And he's like, I'm actually just going to lock you out. <laughs> it's, it's really tight. It's really weird. It's, it's the next clip, actually. Um, it's because the other thing about it is like, how did Data get? OK, so this is the disaster. That happens. Yeah, truly the eyebrow reaches my all the way comp. to ah! the fucking hairline. Yeah. My exocomp has arrived. We've lost internal confinement. The particle stream is beginning to surge. Captain, a radiation field is going to flood this entire chamber. We've got to get everybody out of here immediately. Understood. Doctor, the station must be evacuated. Captain, I might... That is all order, Doctor. Now assemble all your personnel on the transporter pad. Now! Slap her. Can't do <laughs> Riker here, sir. Radiation field is increasing. We're losing communication. They're so casual. Yeah, I know. They're like, I love when he says red alert. Prepare for emergency transport. Radiation is setting up a field ionization effect, Captain. We've got less than a minute to beam out of here. Is that everybody? Where's Takenta? He was over there near the impeller control. I'll get him. So casual, by the way. Takenta! I'll get so him. Casual. Oh, I get him. I'll get him. Stand by to transport. Like, Captain, you'll be trapped here. Mr. Forge. Mr. Forge, you all right? Yeah, I'm fine, Captain. I only caught the edge of it. He's dead. Wow. Chief, do you have them? Okay. They're here, sir. Next clip. So while we're queuing up the next clip, um, it's funny that to me that the the, like control panel that Picard has to operate is just just symbols and shit. (laughs) Like, what does he know? How does he know what to press? I saw it. It looks very uh, like Romulan, Romulan pad. They just like reused for something. I think it's like an iPhone. Can't they just make the controls? Whatever. All I can think of when I watch that is like that. Frakes is like directing this one, so he's like, "We'll yeah. shoot the scene with me and Worf in one. We'll just do a quick push in. I'll say uh, this heavy, <laughs> yeah. st- this heavy static. We'll just do it in one, and then we'll bring it down to the other part, and then uh, we'll take it off the sticks and move the camera around. I want to feel <laughs> like, like you just picture him over he's going, directing he's this doing thing like this. Yeah, if and we just <laughs> he's just and everybody's just like, man, this dude takes it way too seriously when he directs." We got another safety meeting. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. fuck. Uh, There's going to be some lights if anyone is says... <laughs> susceptible to 
uh, seizures. Uh, we're going to have some strobe effects going no for this one... next part. Get seizures. Yeah. We you think it's hard to direct? Episodes of this show. It's hard to direct uh, in uniform. Mm. That he would be the funniest. Like that. that would be the yeah. funniest thing seeing him back at the monitor. Like, can I take a quick look at that? And he's like in his Star Trek outfit, having to like put to put nineteen nineties headphones on to hear playback. And cute. I like it. Uh, and just like people can't distinguish him between him and the extra- extras. I like the way he says red alert so much. Why? Tell me more. He's just like, what are we going to do? Red alert! Like, he just, (laughs) I don't know. He's so good at it. Anybody else want to do a park hard impression, Tom? Uh, Oh. Oh, I said Picard. I meant Riker saying red alert, but we can move on. Red alert. Red alert. Red alert! Red alert! Red alert! (laughs) And action! My neighbors, they're like, can we get some gardening done out here? Uh, okay, so the next scene is where he locks out. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. If I am correct, the exocomps will not allow themselves to be destroyed. They have a sense of survival. He's so much taller than shut down before they will comply than with the data. Order. I could then disconnect Brent. their command pathways before I program them. Mean. Do it. Oh. So Data like has a look on his face like don't Oh my god, they're so cute. We're here. We're ready. Mr. Worf, target 200 meters below the apex of the particle stream. Feed the coordinates to transporter room 2. Hi, sir. Energize. Coordinates received. Mr. Kelso. Energize. Mr. Kelso? I'm sorry, sir. The transporter system just went dead. There's some kind of malfunction. Run a diagnostic immediately. Try bypassing Commander, that will not be necessary. The transporter is not malfunctioning. I have locked out the controls. Yeah, his lipstick is off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he says it in a way where he's acting a little bit like, I have locked out the controls. Yeah. But uh, I love this because it's like, I don't understand why if his rank is lower than Riker, he's able to do that. He shouldn't be, right? Like, that seems... There oh. should not be a thing where he could just do stuff. Somebody machine. at a place can lock the door on you. You could be at a place where somebody can just do something that makes a mess. I mean, that's what, that's what the country's, the situation the country's in right now. Yeah. You know? That's the Senate. Yeah. Do you feel a parallel with this episode and the times we're in today where somebody's like, I know what's right. Like data is kind of like the idea. He's the equivalent of somebody walking to a subway with a machine gun where he's like, he's like, he's saying, I know what you guys are all saying, but I know what I got to do. And what I got to do is go get a meatball sub. (laughs) I got to get my (laughs) AR 15 out. And bring well, it to get a five dollar foot long. I don't know because I feel like he is correct so in the end. Mm-hmm. Like so, so that, that analogy makes it so that in an actual subway. Date like if the, in that analogy when you date, said the subway, I, I was like on, in New York in the in the like downstairs from the oh, yeah, Penn Station. No. Yeah, in you don't want to get a sandwich store. down there. 
No, you don't want to. No, you, you should probably just avoid all subways. All, all. <laughs> I think so. And, uh, <laughs> and do you think when those guys get those subs, they're sitting down in like those uncomfortable subway chairs that are like environment to the floor <laughs> and they got to like take their machine gun off to sit down and eat it and then they got to refill if they go to refill the soda then they got to make sure their machine gun doesn't get stolen it's unwieldy yeah it just seems like bad eating practices <laughs> and a pain in the ass to be honest yeah. as i mean besides the the implications for society uh, so in the end, um, Data is correct. He is right about their aliveness because they one of them sacrifices themselves. And unlike in the other episode you watched, Tom, there the lady is like acquiesces to the ideas, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 philosophical concepts. She's like, I don't know what these things are, but yeah, I'm not going to treat them like slaves anymore. She's like, look, I made these things. I don't know what I made. <laughs> like, clearly. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> These things are not what I thought I was making. <laughs> There's something else. I guess That's I'm going to figure so out annoying. what they are also. It's like, wow, you're a really, you're either the greatest scientist or the she's, worst scientist. <laughs> she's like, I guess I get back to the, tr- back to the cl- climb in the tree. You yeah. know what I mean? Right, Jordy? And Jordy's like, you got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> and then data to be also, he does say that, uh, that uh, coronavirus is not even as bad as the flu at one point in the episode. <laughs> no, he... He does. He says... It's he not, doesn't he say said, that. He says uh, people, H1N1, more people died of... He does. Uh, he says we've, do- we've done more testing than anyone. He goes on a whole rant. <laughs> He's just talking about how... Well, Data's known for his shut rants. down swimming pools next. <laughs> people can't even buy gardening supplies. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. But uh, my son needs to get vitamin D in the park and needs to play on the playground. Thought you couldn't procreate. All right. Uh, speaking of getting out of here, this has been such a fantastic oh, episode. So fun. <laughs> let's, let's thank our guest in the only let's, way we know how. Yes. By this telling song. him his chart hmm? unrequested. Okay. Oh, okay. No? All right. Sorry. Okay. No, no, no. Sorry. Through... Through a chart reading that has an unsolicited chart reading by Veronica Osorio. Okay. I'm ready. You want it? Yes, please. You have well, Moon and Scorpio. Now it's solicited, so it doesn't count, but go ahead. You have Moon and Scorpio, which means you're a little, you're, it's, you're hyper aware of what's not being said. Uh, you're a little bit of the master of sub, subtext. Uh, a little bit impossible to trick you. And uh, you're very passionate and sexual, but very realistic, which is a good mix. You also have Mars in Scorpio, which is, it's like a goth. <laughs> I have what? Mars in Scorpio. It's like, Mars is like the principle of war and how you exert your power in the world. And Scorpio is like everything that's like underworld and underground. Uh, like everything that's supposed to be hidden under the, the dirt, uh, compost, you know, anything that's like festering underground. Okay. Uh-huh. And so Mars in Scorpio is kind of like you attract things psychically to you. That would be your best method to make things happen. And also, you kind of like have a little mind control and uh, you're vengeful and bury the lead. <laughs> well, this is, yeah. I know I was... it because I am too. I'm a vengeful bitch. I like it. Um, and I want I everybody try... to just know you heard it now. I'm vengeful. 
So you look out. <laughs> you heard it first. It's not just me saying it. The card said it. <laughs> it's in so. the card. It's a chart. Uh, you you want to possess. It's what it is. Uh, you want to possess. That's what I do. I have Mars and Scorpio too. Everyone who does. People from from my. I don't know. When Mars is in Scorpio, it's just like two and a half months. So everyone in that that year that is born around those two and a half months okay. has the same. Um, what is it like hoarding? It's it's possessing like I own you psychically. That's how you exert your power is by like kind of psychically wanting to possess. <laughs> I don't know. It is kind of d- yeah. devilish, but um, it works for me. So it's it's my method. Okay. And then, oh, uh, but it's a little bit goth. You kind of suffer. It's kind of a burden to have Mars and Moon in Scorpio because you feel like you're kind of very intense. I'd be surprised mm. if you were in like a, a dark kid in high school or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're well a I was though. always the kid that climbed the tree. Climbed the tree. <laughs> always climbed for that extra branch. You're crazy yeah. rebel. Uh, with your, you have your Venus in Aries. Which makes you, you're very, you know, Aries and Scorpio are like, are both like uh, principle of war and sex and fire. So they're just two different expressions of that. And you have a lot of planets in both of them. So look but out. What, but what look saves out. you is that you have your son in a Aquarius. Which sexual is like a, dynamo. But the, the thing loose. is, the thing is you have a sexual, uh, yeah, you have that, but then your sun and your Mercury, which is how you think and how you express yourself in the world, is in Aquarius, which is like, oh yeah, kind of like see a, that. it's it's cold. It, it's not cold like a bad. It's just kind of like you can see society from kind of above, and you can feel it psychic, analytical, and you can, sure, like an analytical. observant ego. Like I'm watching while participating. You're watching while participating, and you're watching it and kind of not really participating. So there's a little bit of like, I, I want to be part of this, but from here. Uh, like, I, I, I see you all, what uh, you're doing, and I'll just point it out to you, which is perfect for, uh, definitely perfect for stand-up. It's just like, from like, your your brain goes <sighs> and sees like how people are moving, and you're able to express like, hey. So he's a real king Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna remember all this stuff about power and vengeful stuff when I'm waiting, socially distancing outside of House of Pies, waiting for like you can, I'm not feeling very powerful, and I'm just like I just would like a piece of blueberry pie, and maybe they won't cry today. Would you please? Uh, well, because your Mercury is in Aquarius, you the way you communicate is very like, uh, uh, it's yeah, it takes. Uh, into consideration how the community works and is so it's important to you to do that that's what i'm saying like performing radio all that is really good because you're able to like get a scope of all of that intensity down there but you're aquarius you're like an alien watching down okay it's cute it's awesome but it must feel kind of like heavy for you inside heavy weighs the crown on the head of king lear on the head of king lear our modern King Lear. Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. This is I, my favorite thing to do. I'm you're so probably. glad you could join us. And yeah. you're going to plug your podcast with Julie Klausner as, a yeah. pl- as well as the best show, which is still airing yeah. and in its creative way. Which mm-hmm. Do you think Julie you don't would need like- any more fans, Tom. Do you think That's Julie right. would like this podcast or no? I think Julie would like this podcast. <laughs> I don't think you'd get a whole lot of, uh, you're not going to get a whole lot of Star Trek uh, 
insider stuff from her. It's not it's not her thing. But um, I think she would come on and and larf around with with both of you because larfing around with Julie. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're doing double thread. It's on Forever Dog, and it's fun to do. And and you can check it out. Please do. Yeah, uh, that's great. And please uh please tune in next week. Uh we have a two-parter coming up. So thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. Veronica, so much. take care, please. Tom. Um yeah. Drive Alice, safely. Okay. And I'll Alice, just say this. Tom, <laughs> it was a pleasure. <laughs> drive safely, guys. All right. Uh, bye. Bye. Forever. <laughs> this has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Pew, pew, pew.